Support for this podcast comes from Bryn Mawr Communications. BMC produces a number of informative podcast series spanning a variety of topics in optometry. Discover a new show at itube.net slash podcasts. Welcome back to another episode of The Mod Pod, a place to not only catch up on the latest articles from modern optometry, but also to hear those articles narrated by the authors themselves. This month, we have two pieces on ocular aesthetics, both offering a different perspective on the topic. Then to close out the episode, we move on to a different subject matter, but more about that later. Let's learn about ocular aesthetics. Melanie Denton Dombrowski, owner of Salisbury Eye Care and Eyewear and Visionary Aesthetics Medical Spa in Salisbury, North Carolina, and host of iSchool with Dr. D on YouTube, offers a breakdown of the stages of integrating ocular aesthetics into an optometry practice. Like many ODs, I have long understood that my patients want answers about eye-safe beauty from me, but I didn't know the best way to go about addressing their concerns. My practice has progressed a great deal in the aesthetic realm, but this has occurred slowly. Why incorporate aesthetics into an optometry practice at all? Here's a few of my reasons. There's an increasing number of aesthetic technologies that fall within our scope of practice and offer many benefits for managing ocular disease. There's an association between depression and severity of dry eye disease symptoms, signs, and inflammatory markers, so there is a need for patient self-care in an optometric practice. And according to the latest research, healthcare that addresses self-care knowledge gaps improves patient outcomes. Jennifer Lyerly, OD, a custom contact lens practitioner and blogger in North Carolina, defined aesthetic optometry as the art of prescribing to enhance the health, appearance, and performance of the ocular surface and adnexa. Perhaps you're interested in offering some aesthetic services in your clinic. If that's the case, let's ease our way into being aesthetic optometrists, shall we? Regardless of your practice modality or specialization, you can always educate yourself and your patients. The Tear Film and Ocular Surface Society recently released its new global workshop, A Lifestyle Epidemic, Ocular Surface Disease, which details cosmetics and their effect on the ocular surface. And there's other great resources that can help you become more familiar with the world of aesthetics. Once you've armed yourself with some knowledge about eye safe beauty and cosmetics, the next step is to start actively asking your patients questions. Below are some easy places to start. I'm noticing some makeup floating around in your tears today. Do you have any questions about eye safe makeup? Along with your full-time glasses, I'm prescribing you prescription sunglasses today. It's so important to protect the area around our eyes from the sun. We carry great facial sunscreens here to help with that as well. Many of my dry eye patients have questions about how to best care for the skin around their eyes because they tend to be sensitive. Do you have any questions or concerns about your eye skincare routine? Or, I notice there's some debris accumulating at the base of these false eyelashes. Let's talk about your lash routine and how we can integrate some breaks and or a routine to help avoid infection or irritation. Gaining an understanding of your patient's makeup and skincare habits is helpful and allows you to plant seeds regarding periocular health while establishing yourself as an expert. 
For instance, I always ask my contact lens patients how they're wearing their lenses. If I know how they truly wear their lenses, I can help them get in safer ones. Likewise, if I know my patients wear lash extensions, I can empower them with a routine that will optimize eye health, even if their beauty choice is not one I necessarily would advocate. Several OD-friendly brands have emerged over the past few years that carry makeup and skincare our patients can use around the eye. We Love Eyes has an array of lash care options, along with standard periocular cleansing. Eyes are the story from a Siri is wonderful for sensitive eyes, even packaging their mascara into three little tubes to encourage patients to change them out more frequently. And finally, 2020 Beauty carries eyeshadows and brow products that are worth a look. These eye care specific brands are an easy add-on to any optometric clinic, and you'd be surprised how many patients are eager to hear your recommendations. ODs can also carry medical-grade skincare lines. If you're offering services such as intense pulse light or IPL therapy, then skincare should be a focus as well. We also actively recommend sunscreen to our patients along with their sunglasses. Estheticians complement the work of optometrists well, and depending on your practice, they can add usability to devices you may already own, particularly in dry eye. Many ODs begin thinking about adding aesthetics when they start dry eye centers or invest in dry eye machines that do double duty as aesthetic devices. Estheticians provide a variety of treatments to rejuvenate and maintain the appearance and health of the skin. They are state licensed and proficient in skin care treatments and products used to manage client skin care concerns. They also help clients reduce the appearance of skin imperfections, such as acne scars or surgical scars. In my state of North Carolina, estheticians can perform an array of complementary services such as facials, dermaplaning vellus hair removal, microcurrent treatments to lift and tone the facial muscles, chemical peels, microneedling, LED therapy or low-level light therapy, as it is known in OD circles, hydrodermabrasion, and lash and brow lifts and tints. Although some of my esthetician's clientele is exclusive to her, many are patients from my eye clinic. Some have rosacea and compromised skin barriers and have seen an improvement in their skin and their eyes when receiving regular facials and skincare recommendations specific to their sensitive skin. Other patients with thin, sparse lashes due to years of dealing with untreated dry eye disease and meibomian gland dysfunction enjoy our lash services. Admittedly, although I have thoroughly researched the next stage, my clinic is still in stage four. I own a separate LLC for aesthetics and one room of my office is the Aesthetic Suite, which is licensed and, and inspected by my state's cosmetic board. My esthetician practices to her fullest scope as do I. She is learning to perform IPL, but only to the extent of my license, which limits us to the treatment of dry eye disease. In order to perform photofacials or hair removal in my state, we would need a medical director on staff. Having a medical director on staff greatly expands your capability in the aesthetic space and allows you to fully use your dry eye equipment investments. Radio frequency and IPL have many uses beyond the eye, 
but depending upon your state, practices can be limited to using the devices only for ocular applications. Here are some critical questions to ask when considering services that would require scope expansion. Number one, does your state have a corporate practice of medicine law? States that have laws about the corporate practice of medicine typically require a more complex relationship with your medical director. You may have to own a management company, medical services organization, or MSO, that contracts with a physician-owned LLC that provides the services. In this model, states often require all providers to be licensed, usually by the medical board. This means that you, the OD, may not even be able to perform the procedures unless you do so as a technician. Who can perform medical procedures in your state? Every state has a delegation table that details which procedures can be delegated to whom. As we begin to expand our practices into the aesthetic space, we're truly guiding the way for the profession. As such, it's incredibly important to do it the right way. There are some cautionary items to consider. Beware of medical directors who seem too good to be true. I have encountered several medical directors who are willing and ready to be my medical director for a low, flat monthly fee. They assure me there's no reason they can't sign on and let me get going on full-face photofacial IPL right away. However, after checking with my state board and consulting attorneys, I have found that this is not true in my state. And if something were to happen, I would be the one practicing medicine without a license. Actively consult with your state board. Advocate for what you're trying to build and its importance. Our state boards and American Optometric Association do not exist to keep us out of trouble. But as our profession shifts into this space, it is my opinion that it behooves us to bring our state board into our decision-making process. That way, they can defend and understand us should we ever have our aesthetic offerings challenged. Don't give in to strong-arm sales tactics. Aesthetic device and laser representatives are a whole new animal for the OD who is used to eye care pharma and device reps. I've encountered companies who promise that anyone can use their laser. This is not true. Don't give in to strong arm sales tactics and always be sure to verify with your board and or state laws that you have the scope to perform the procedure. I am so glad I added aesthetics to my practice and that my patients have been receptive to it. It's a new frontier in optometry that has renewed my excitement about our profession and it's a service any optometrist can offer. I hope the insights I've shared here offer you enough information to confidently form a plan for introducing aesthetics into your practice. As Dr. D points out, an increasing number of aesthetic technologies falls within your scope of practice and affords many benefits for managing ocular disease. So if aesthetics is something you want to offer in your practice, then go for it. It makes sense. Now before you get ready to put this plan into action, let's have Shane Spots, owner and optometrist at Eastern Virginia Eye Associates in Chesapeake, Virginia, give you the full picture of what offering ocular aesthetics in your practice entails, right up to this short break. Support for this podcast comes from Bryn Mawr Communications. BMC produces a number of informative podcast series spanning a variety of topics in optometry. Discover a new show at itube.net slash podcasts. 
As promised, here's Dr. Swatz with insights and advice from his own personal experience. The aesthetic industry has been rapidly growing in recent years, with an increasing number of patients seeking out non-invasive procedures and techniques to address cosmetic concerns. In the United States, the medical aesthetic market is a multi-billion dollar industry. The global non-invasive aesthetic treatment market size was valued at $61.2 billion in 2022 and is projected to expand at a compound annual growth rate of 15.4% from 2023 to 2030. Ocular aesthetics has emerged as a promising avenue for those seeking to diversify their services and distinguish their practices. To navigate the challenges posed by online eyewear, contact lens retailers, large retail chains, and low reimbursing vision plans, a growing number of optometrists are turning to cash pay specialty care services. By adopting these services, we can mitigate the hassles associated with insurance, boost revenue, broaden our clinical expertise, and offer cutting edge services that cater to our patients' needs. This article explores some important considerations to take into account if you're debating whether to add ocular aesthetics to your clinic. This will include an overview of ocular aesthetics, common equipment, legal considerations, your aesthetic team, and more. Ocular Aesthetics, an Overview. Ocular aesthetics involves the use of cosmetic treatments to improve the appearance of the eyes and surrounding tissues. The spectrum of ocular aesthetics encompasses a variety of services, from basic skincare and makeup recommendations to advanced laser procedures, neurotoxins, and dermal fillers. The integration of ocular aesthetics into the realm of optometry was significantly influenced by the approval of intense pulse light therapy for the treatment of dry eyes. This integration marked a pivotal moment in the convergence of these two fields. Originally emerging from the field of aesthetics, IPL has steadily gained popularity and is now considered one of the most effective treatments for dry eye disease, particularly disease due to meibomian gland dysfunction. Initially created for cosmetic applications, IPL has undergone extensive research, proving its efficacy in addressing dry eye and subsequently earning its designation as a stage two treatment, according to the Tear Film and Ocular Surface Society Dry Eye Workshop 2 guidelines. By targeting abnormal vessels and melanin, IPL has demonstrated its ability to naturally enhance skin tone and appearance. Patients receiving IPL treatment for dry eyes frequently observe a reduction or elimination of sun and age spots and improvements in facial and eyelid telangiectasia, such as in cases of rosacea and ocular rosacea. Patients who receive IPL for dry eye and appreciate its aesthetic side effects often express interest in exploring other aesthetic treatments. Proactive optometrists can seize this opportunity by incorporating additional advanced OSD treatments that provide aesthetic benefits along with treatments specifically developed for aesthetic purposes. Ocular aesthetics goes far beyond merely performing treatments. 
It also involves educating patients on potentially harmful chemicals found in makeup and skincare formulas and their effects on eye health. The delicate tissues surrounding the eyes are particularly sensitive to harsh chemicals and prolonged exposure to such chemicals can lead to inflammation, irritation, MGD, and damage to the ocular surface. It is up to us to inform patients about the risks associated with the use of these products and to offer alternative options that are eye-friendly. Often, a simple change in skincare or makeup routine can have a significant impact on a patient's symptoms and quality of life. Common equipment. Adding ocular aesthetics to a clinic requires an investment in equipment and supplies. Depending on the types of services you plan to offer, a range of devices and products to address skin tone, texture, and volume may be needed. Some of the most popular treatments for ocular aesthetics include intense pulse light, radiofrequency, low-level light therapy, radiofrequency microneedling, hydrofacial, oxygenaofacial, plasma pen, as well as injectable neurotoxins and dermal fillers. IPL. In addition to dry treatment, IPL devices use intense pulses of light to address a variety of skin concerns, including pigmentation issues, rosacea, and broken capillaries. IPL devices can also be used to address dark circles and fine lines around the eyes. Not all IPL devices are created equally. Do your research before committing to a particular device. Radio frequency. RF devices use energy waves to stimulate collagen production, which can improve the appearance of wrinkles, fine lines, and sagging skin. RF can also be used to address skin laxity and under eye bags. In recent years, RF has emerged as a promising modality for the treatment of MGD by delivering controlled heat to the periocular area and the meibomian glands. Through its mechanism of action, thermomodulation, RF can improve meibom flow and quality, helping to alleviate symptoms of dry eye. LLLT is a non-invasive, safe, and effective modality for promoting skin health by delivering specific wavelengths of light energy to targeted areas, thermobiomodulation, which penetrate deep into the skin and stimulate cellular function to promote healing. LLLT is used to reduce the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles, improve skin texture and tone, and reduce acne inflammation. For the eyes, LLLT has been shown to be effective in treating conditions such as dry syndrome, MGD, and ocular rosacea. RF microneedling. Devices that combine microneedling with radiofrequency energy deliver deeper, more comprehensive skin rejuvenation. In addition to a tightening effect, RF microneedling can help reduce the appearance of wrinkles, scarring, and hyperpigmentation. It is also an option to address under eye bags. Hydrofacial. Hydrofacial is a non-invasive facial performed with a device rather than by hand for deeper penetration and longer lasting results. A wand works like a vacuum to open pores and extract impurities and dead skin cells. Hydrofacial treatments are particularly effective for addressing fine lines, wrinkles, and other signs of aging around the eyes of patients. Oxygeneo. 
This non-invasive three-in-one treatment approach to rejuvenating the skin combines exfoliation, oxygenation, and infusion of active ingredients. Oxygeneo can help improve the appearance of fine lines, wrinkles, and dark circles. Plasma Energy. Devices such as the Nuvisa Plasma Pen use plasma energy to stimulate collagen production and tighten the skin. They can be particularly effective for addressing sagging skin around the eyes. Toxins and Fillers. In addition to the aforementioned devices, optometrists who offer ocular aesthetic services may also wish to consider investing in neurotoxins. Some common toxins include Botox, Dysport, Xeomin, and Juvo, as well as dermal fillers, such as Juvederm. These injectable products can effectively address fine lines, wrinkles, and other signs of aging around the eyes, while also providing the ability to enhance facial features, such as the eyes, lips, and cheeks. Aesthetic team and legal considerations. Optometrists who offer ocular aesthetics must be aware of the legal considerations and regulations surrounding these procedures. Each state has its own set of regulations, so it is important to understand the rules and regulations pertaining to your state and check with your state board to ensure that you comply. Additionally, it's crucial to make sure that your malpractice insurance covers any potential risks associated with ocular aesthetic services. In some states, the scope of practice for optometrists can extend to specific aesthetic procedures, contingent on the requisite supervision and collaborative relationships with other health professionals, such as physician assistants and nurse practitioners. The role of a medical director, typically an MD, becomes pivotal in optometry practices that offer advanced aesthetic services. They supervise the medical components of the practice, providing direction and oversight to other healthcare professionals. Physicians assistants and nurse practitioners can be valuable members of the aesthetic team, performing procedures often beyond the optometrist's scope of practice. Estheticians can be a valuable addition to optometry practices, offering their expertise in skin care and assisting patients in achieving the best possible results from aesthetic procedures. It should be noted, however, that the scope of their practice and the procedures they are permitted to perform can also differ from state to state. The American Med Spa Association, AMSPA, is an excellent resource for state-specific requirements and guidelines. This database will clarify who is legally permitted to perform aesthetic procedures in your state, which procedures they may perform, and whether a medical director is needed. Additional considerations. There are many other factors to consider before adding ocular aesthetics to your practice. Cash pay treatments. Optometrists who want to offer advanced dry and aesthetic treatments may initially hesitate to do so because of the unique challenges associated with offering cash pay services. Overcoming this hesitation can be achieved through proper training and techniques. However, one of the main obstacles optometrists may encounter is convincing patients to move beyond the insurance covers everything mindset. Despite this challenge, the potential benefits of offering life-changing treatments and achieving remarkable outcomes, as well as the opportunity for revenue growth and patient retention make the effort worthwhile. Confidence. 
With the addition of advanced dry eye and aesthetic services comes ongoing training, not only for the doctor, but for the entire team. Although ODs know facial anatomy, many have not studied the skin in depth enough to jump right into aesthetics. Aesthetic devices are powerful and there is a risk of adverse events. Incorporating aesthetics means learning details of skin pathology, becoming familiar with skincare and makeup lines, and being comfortable and confident in discussing a patient's appearance. Belief in technology. The aesthetics industry moves quickly and sales tactics can be more aggressive than those commonly used in the ophthalmic world. Moreover, there are a plethora of devices to choose from, many of which optometrists are unfamiliar with. Determining which devices to invest in and whether they will deliver the desired outcomes can be challenging, especially considering the fact that uncertainty in your device can lead to a lack of confidence and may result in the device being underused or failing to provide a return on investment. Therefore, when considering a device with aesthetic capabilities, it's important to ask critical questions. For example, is the device FDA approved? And what is it specifically approved for? Are there established approved protocols that have supporting studies? Does the device company invest in ongoing research? What type of maintenance is required? And are there ongoing fees? Are there consumable fees? By addressing these questions and carefully evaluating the available options, optometrists can feel more confident in their technology investments, ultimately providing the best possible outcome for their patients. The right team and appropriate training are crucial when offering ocular aesthetic services. Optometrists should ensure that they have the appropriate healthcare professionals and estheticians on staff to provide support and expertise. This includes understanding your state regulations surrounding who is allowed to perform certain procedures and what type of training is necessary. Optometrists should also be prepared to invest in the necessary equipment and supplies to provide these services. A decision not to be made in haste. Adding ocular aesthetic services to a practice can be a great opportunity for growth and differentiation, but it requires careful consideration. Optometrists must have the confidence and the skills to perform these procedures safely, believe in the technology and its benefits, consider potential crossover opportunities with other services, and have the right team in place to support these services. By taking the time to consider the factors described above, you can make an informed decision about whether ocular aesthetics is right for your clinic. Probably the biggest takeaway from these two first segments is that ocular aesthetics is more than simply performing treatments. It also includes sharing your knowledge with patients and potentially working with other healthcare professionals. The final segment of this episode is a break from the aesthetics topic. Noreen Haroon, Assistant Dean of Academic Administration at the University of Detroit, Michigan, has some best practices for interacting with Gen Z patients. Individuals born into Generation Z or Gen Z are familiar with a world inundated by the internet and the availability of digital devices. This simple fact has shaped their lives and affects their health and consumer habits. Today, patients belonging to Gen Z present with their own set of concerns and preferences, as well as a unique risk or predispositions for developing certain ocular conditions. This talk is meant to serve as a resource on how best to communicate with and care for Gen Z patients, colloquially known as Zoomers. Due to an increase in device use in general, 
people of all ages are experiencing more issues with their eyes than ever before, which we have already been seeing in our examination chairs. The youngest Gen Z patients are around 11 years of age, and their only vision examination at this point may have just been a school screening, which as we know, can miss around 60% of children with eye conditions. Therefore, we must emphasize the need for an annual comprehensive eye exam, which includes dilation for this age group. In addition, myopia remains a primary vision concern for Gen Z patients, with the increase in near tasks and reduced time outdoors. Educating these patients and their parents about treatment options for myopia should be the norm during our routine eye examinations. Older Gen Z patients may have already seen an eye care provider before coming into your office. Studies show that 70% of Zoomers in the workplace consider health benefits a must-have when they're choosing a job. 60% of employed Zoomers are enrolled in a vision plan, and this number continues to increase, although it's still lower than the other generations. Zoomers are as likely to visit an eye doctor as they are a primary care physician. Approximately 40.9 million U.S. patients who are 18 years of age or older wear contact lenses, which is around 16.7%. One survey revealed that 13% of contact lens wearers are younger than 18 years of age. With the use of contact lenses for myopia management and the general increase in the incidence of emetropia, especially myopia, this number will only increase among children and adolescents. Gen Z patients do their research, so be sure to discuss all possible concerns and treatment options with them. Otherwise, they may think you are intentionally keeping information from them or you simply aren't doing a thorough examination. Zoomers also value wellness and self-care. Therefore, we shouldn't neglect discussing several vision and ocular health-related topics with this demographic, such as blue light blocking glasses to help with digital eye strain, anti-reflecting coating for lenses, the 20-20-20 rule, and environmental factors and the effect of technology on dry eye. They may be younger, but due to increased use of technology, many Zoomers are already experiencing the same symptoms as their predecessors. So, what can we do to attract and keep Gen Z patients in our practice? There's a few suggestions that have worked for me. First, we can maintain a solid online presence. Using platforms such as Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube to market your office skills and eye care products is necessary to target this audience. You can't rely on your website and our good old friend Google. Facebook popularity dropped in 13 to 17 year olds from 71% in 2014 and 2015 to just 32% in 2022. YouTube is a dominating platform among teenagers and TikTok, Snapchat, and Instagram are also popular. Gen Z patients are also more likely to view websites on their smartphone, so make sure your websites are mobile optimized. Share your biography and photos on your website or social media page. Zoomers and millennials alike do their research, and not just about their health. They also want to know who you are before they meet you. We can also be socially and environmentally friendly. Take part in a contact lens and packaging materials recycling program and tell your patients about it too. You can go paperless and switch to LED lighting in your office, which is better for the environment and will also reduce your bills. Finally, consider dispensing recycled and eco-friendly frames. We also want to uh, highlight diversity. Your social media page can display your status as a woman, military veteran, or racial ethnic minority-owned business, if that's applicable to you. You can also display the languages spoken by you and your staff. 
Even if most of your Gen Z patients speak English as their first language, they will appreciate doctors and staff accommodating such needs for others. We can also consider to offer cost-friendly options and to educate our patients well. Many Zoomers face financial burdens such as student loans and housing costs. Thus, they like to be financially conscious and will not pass up on a discounted rate, just like all of us. We can also support local businesses. We recently started carrying a locally owned frame brand and a sustainable frames brand. You can also support the local businesses around you and they'll support you too. Our office is in a shopping plaza with several other small businesses, many of which have Gen Z employees. We can also consider to offer online scheduling and ordering. Patients will appreciate the convenience of ordering contact lenses and any other products that you sell directly from you. We always offer our patients, especially students, free delivery of on their order directly to their house or to their dorm room. Lastly, we want to maintain an inclusive attitude when speaking with younger patients. Ask them about their needs and concerns and don't assume. Also, keep in mind that sometimes taking a medical history can sound like you're accusing or judgmental to patients. In fact, we may have patients of all ages who prefer not to talk about certain medical conditions. So just be aware of your verbiage and tone as well. Studies show that words we use when taking a medical history can lead to fear and anxiety, resulting in patients lying or even refusing to discuss their concerns. Overall, we just want to make everyone feel welcome. As providers, we must ensure our workplaces provide an inclusive and welcoming environment for each patient, regardless of age. Hopefully you found a pearl or two in Dr. Hearn's article that you'll find useful in your practice. And if you did, we'd love to hear about it. Email me at kroman at bmctoday.com. That's all we have for you this episode. We hope you liked what you heard. Whether you did or you didn't, as always, feel free to shoot us an email at kroman at bmctoday.com with your feedback, ideas, or questions. We'll meet you back here next month. Until then, be well. Be well.